Hey everyone, welcome to another great episode of Content and Conversation. Today I'm excited to have Kristen Bauer on the program, founder and SEO consultant at Conifer. Uh, she is a very experienced enterprise SEO consultant, especially in the real estate space, has experience with Zillow, Trulia, Picasso, and more. We kind of had to cut it off there just because <laughs> for brevity, but promise she has a lot of great experience. So uh, excited to have you on, Kristen. Yeah, thanks, Ross. It's great to be here and talk about real estate SEO. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, for you have a lot of experience as a consultant, but for those who are not aware, you also have in-house experience. You're actually the director of SEO at Zillow, which obviously is kind of like one of the the, the key biggest uh, SEO players in the space. So definitely some impressive work there, having done no been done, no doubt. So in that context, is your experience there? These other brands you've worked with. What are some things you tend to see other competitive brands do, or maybe the, your own clients have done and you fixed uh, <laughs> very currently, very commonly in, in these spaces? Yeah, that's a super good question. So uh, Zillow obviously is um, amazing at SEO. I, I mean, even before me and after me, we've had a really great run um, SEO talent there. And in terms of mistakes, I don't think any real estate brand is really immune from this or things that could be done differently. We see a lot of real estate brands come across our doorstep um, really looking to grow their home shopping traffic. And so when we think about that, uh, it's really around localized searches, geo searches, city real estate combinations, address-based searches, and a lot of the mistakes really lean into, I think, underestimating that scale and the amount of resources that it takes to really grow um, home shopping traffic in such a competitive market space. So um, firstly, um, big um, area where we try to fix and intend to um, address is a lot of brands think they'll launch these millions of pages and that Google and users will come. Is not the case. I mean, as we all know, you can't just launch it, anything in the dark and then expect um, someone to find it on Google. And especially when you're launching, you know, 1 million, 5 million, 50 million pages, that doesn't work. And so a lot of sites will actually bury their home shopping experience and maybe their brand is somewhat tangential. Um, maybe they're a prop tech or a brokerage or a local brokerage or anything like that where they don't highlight home shopping front and center. And so this is something that we try to address through a few different avenues. Um, obviously, site architecture updates um, is key when it comes to this. And so there's a lot that trickles down from there. But that, I think, is an immediate area of opportunity for a lot of brands where um, we need to make home shopping front and center. Um, it can't be kind of that outside of the lane that you kind of invest resources in, in Brandon. Um, also cutting corners with content experience, site experiences, Zeno Real Estate's a really competitive industry. And so you have to do SEO and user experience 110%. You can't just go 50% there and expect to rank first page against these uh, Goliaths in real estate and, and local brands. And so um, many brands might not have the right kind of content and the right user experience in place. Um, 
many brands that come to us think they have a really great user experience. Um, like for example, one brand um, that we worked with, um, they um, are trying to grow um, address traffic, address searches and address traffic. And so to home listing pages. And one thing we immediately did was, okay, let's take a comparison from their site to one of the top ranking sites like a Zillow or Redfin or Realtor. So for example, um, just scrolling down through Redfin's experience, you see uh, address front and center, you see open house information, you see all kinds of different home property details, information, related homes, neighborhood information, property tax details. And then on this other site, you see maybe 50% of the content. You know, we don't see all the home details. Um, we don't see as much information about the neighborhood, um, incomplete tax records, et cetera. And so our question to them is, okay, well, walk us through your, your methodology here. And really they excluded information on purpose because they didn't think it was helpful. And it's thinking about balancing what's helpful for the users and what's helpful for search and visibility it's hard to judge what's helpful for users, but you can't really judge that if you're not bringing in users. And so one thing that we typically recommend is really um, at a fine tooth comb, combing through the different types of content that are available on the site and on these scaled localized pages. Um, also, not building a brand. I think a lot of sites in real estate uh, think that they can just grow traffic. I think that lands into that first point on just building content and releasing it and people will come and Google will come. Um, some sites that come to us might have like 3% branded search, which to me is kind of a red flag on um, they're just relying on SEO completely to build their brand and their business. And that's great to invest in um, you know, a, a scalable channel of traffic, but it's hard to support real estate traffic growth without a brand in a, in a weak domain, to be honest. And so when you're talking about that scale of pages and millions of pages, it's hard to support that infrastructure um, and qual efficiencies and indexation with a, um, a weak brand and a weak domain. And so that's something that brands need to be mindful of investing alongside product and SEO growth. So I know that's a pretty long-winded answer, but these are, these are pretty <laughs> common stuff. mistakes. Yeah, these are really common mistakes, honestly, that we see um, pop up in real estate. Oh, those are great answers. Yeah. I love those answers. One of the things <laughs> I thought of with, uh, yeah, if your brand, if your branded traffic is only three percent, like, what is your response to those? Is that a client you think they come to you and you, you're worried they're just not going to win, so you can't help them, or is it just really nudging brand activity? Like, what does that look like in practice? Yeah, that's a super good question. Uh, so we'll help them. I mean, you know, obviously, we want to provide the best SEO input and recommendations and consulting that we can. Um, but we do also tell them they need to invest in brand as well. Oh, well, alongside actually helping them build that SEO infrastructure and plan to support scaled real estate content, uh, we do also talk about those brand building activities being equally as important to focus on. Got it. Yeah. So something interesting, I don't know if you're sort of touching this, this might be too advanced, tangential, but something I've seen on some real estate sites, so I'm looking at, uh, we were just talking about how lovely Bend is, Bend, Oregon, uh, yeah. for people who have not <laughs> seen it. And yeah. if I'm looking at Bend Real Estate and I'm on Zillow, something I've seen some sites do is they'll have a drop down 
and those kind of things like apartments for rent, houses for rent, to my understanding, will sometimes customize to the city. I don't know if all of them do that. Actually, Zero, I thought I was just on a page that does not do that. Is that the kind of thing you're you're mentioning? It's like not getting visible enough, or, or are you saying they're kind of bearing in on the homepage? What, what is common there in terms of that visibility you were talking about or lack of? Yeah, I would say both. Um, more commonly, the latter on the homepage. Um, one brand that we worked with in commercial real estate, for example, had one link to their home shopping section of the site from their footer. So someone will land on their website wow. and they don't even know that they have commercial listings across the entire country. Uh, that's not really helpful for users or Google. I mean, search engines aren't going to see that as a priority section of the site. Um, but that being said, that localized site architecture is also really important. Um, you know, I don't want to give away too much of our bread and butter when it comes to, <laughs> to secret sauce and real estate SEO, but that is a really important um, element, uh, something that we do recommend, that localized site architecture. And I think that can apply to marketplace sites even beyond SEO. That's something that we do work with other marketplace brands on um, that have that local component, whether it's vacation rental or childcare or real estate. Um, having that localized search experience is really helpful for SEO. And um, so far, we've heard good feedback from any sort of user testing or reviews. Um, but again, that's, that's really important. Makes sense. Uh, my brain goes lots of different nerdy <laughs> SEO places with this. Uh, one of the things yeah. that's interesting in these real estate spaces, you're, you're dealing with the same, um, what's it called? The listing feed that is in real estate. What is that called again? Yeah. The multiple the listing service, the MLS feed. MLS. Yes. The MLS. So you have the same content effectively, but still have to create a unique experience as a company. Like if you saw, if you have someone who's maybe had probably some brand that has 3% branded traffic out of the gate and they come to you and they have a kind of underwhelming experience there. How do you think about that? I mean, I've been on, I've actually been on similar conversations recently um, with the great team at trust radius here in Austin. They do business B2B software. And he has the argument that Google doesn't really care too much about duplicate content right now. Like, I don't know if I'm leading myself here, but yeah. How do you think about that? How do you think about teams differentiating themselves with the same MLS? Like, what does that look like um, for what you see? Yeah, that's a super good question. This comes up uh, pretty frequently. And it's something that we talked a lot about at Zillow, especially after the Truly acquisition and having all these brands that have the exact same content. How do you differentiate that? Uh, there's a few different ways, I think, to break this down. Obviously, everyone has the same data. Everyone has the same MLS feeds, IDX websites. They have the same data. That being said, there are other related data sources that can be pulled in too. You can pull in property uh, sold data, history, tax data. You can pull in neighborhood data. Uh, you can use all sorts of different types of APIs to create unique and helpful data points to users. So it's all about making sure you have table stakes information about properties and real estate trends by geography and what you do with that data. And so a lot of what we focused on at Zillow per se was, okay, well, how do you, how do we differentiate Trulia, for example, 
maybe it's more neighborhood focused. Maybe it's more first time home buyer focused. Um, and maybe Zillow is just, um, you know, real estate for everyone, home buying and selling. So I think there are ways to differentiate that content, but ultimately, yeah, like you said, Google obviously ranks all these websites together when they all have the same content. And so I think that there are ways that you can make the same content more effective depending on how you display it on the page, any other interesting data points you can manipulate or, or curate, um, technical SEO structure um, and infrastructure to support that. And so leaning into that duplicate content discussion and thought process, a lot of uh, discussion in the SEO industry, especially around that helpful content update, anticipated that real estate would be impacted because of that duplicate content and, and the MLS duplication. And that's something that honestly, we talked to our, our real estate clients about. We, we didn't really have an idea of how um, our sites would be impacted. It could either go uh, well or not well because of the duplication, but really it seemed like there was no impact really across the board in terms of sites that we manage and monitor and competitors that we monitor. And so it was really just kind of this anticipation and underwhelming impact, uh, which is great. Um, but I think leaning <laughs> sure. into that sentiment, um, maybe it doesn't quite matter as much, um, especially when Google understands that context. I think Google understands that real estate, MLS sites, IDX sites typically all have the same data. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure there are players in this space. I, I don't think I see a present on Zillow. I don't know other clients or this, how prominent this is in the real estate industry where you have that unique, you could AI generate some content for each address. I don't know how many competitors you see doing that, but I'm guessing that's not performative. How have you seen that in, in the SEO world here at all? Yeah, so we do see that occasionally. My advice is really, if you are using AI content generation, we do still need a human element to evaluate that. Most clients that want to lean on AI content generation aren't always looking at that scaled content, even though that seems to be an obvious solution. For scaled content, to be honest, a lot of it might be templates. And so you have that kind of plug and play format that leans on specific elements to create a human readable sentence that is helpful to the users. So I do think that can be helpful when there is no content. So some of the tests we've seen are that, you know, let's say a landing page, like for example, a building um, doesn't have any content or information about it. Let's add some template content, some well curated template content, and uh, you know a few different varieties. So we'll work with clients on coming up with a strategy around this. Let's launch some template content. Okay, yeah, we see a little bit of a bump. Okay, maybe let's go another step further and have human curated, unique content add. Okay, and then we see a little bit more of a bump. And so it depends on the investment that I think brands are able to make and um, really a sliding scale of growth depending on what what investment and resources we can throw at a problem. Makes sense. Uh, smart thinking, iterative, uh, for sure. 
Uh, I'm a link building person at the core, uh, more full funnel these days as well, but, uh, definitely my background and city pages, state pages. These are brands. I'm sure that's part of the component and why you say that, uh, to your clients that they need to be more than 3% is there is some link side of that, but how do you guide people on, on link acquisition in, in these areas? Yeah, that can be a touchy subject and topic. So (laughs) I will say full disclosure, that is not my strong suit in SEO. That's why we um, talk about Siege Media to a lot of our clients who actually need, (laughs) yeah, who need that that work. And so, um, you know, the link building is strategy, the strategic approach to that is something that we do do regularly and and specialize with. And you know what, Zillow, we partner with our our content marketing teams, uh, my team and um, our technical team worked with our content marketing team. And so I think that is something that is really important for brands to invest in. And obviously, you know, link building is a whole separate um, just can of worms when it comes to SEO and approaching it well and naturally and above the board. And um, with content marketing and link building and brand building, something brands need to be cognizant of and invest in. And I think a lot of the times when we work with brands, we will recommend that they engage in brand building uh, content development, like whether it's data studies or surveys or best places to live. Or I think at Zillow did one study, the research department launched a study about how homes that were close to Starbucks or some proximity to Starbucks were able to sell for more per square foot or something like that. So I do think that having investment in those notable resources can help with that uh, long-term passive link building and really just kind of brand development. Agreed. Agreed. I appreciate that shout out. I swear. Yeah. I didn't place that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, for your great technical in-house experience uh, in these areas, especially at Zillow and the like, and you probably have your own opinion based on how that was, that was done. Like what do you, what is common in these spaces? What do you think an effective in-house team structure is for these kind of like enterprise real estate companies? Yeah. So for enterprise real estate companies, I think there's a few different ways to approach team structure and a couple of schools of thought. So having team invested in product. So you might have a technical SEO team. You might have a product or growth engineering team that's devoted to SEO. Uh, you might also have maybe a marketing manager that oversees SEO and works with product and engineering and also works with content development um, and research and you know blog article creation and blog teams. And so I think it can vary across the board depending on brand preferences and internal organization. Within enterprise SEO, when we're talking about true enterprise SEO, I do think having SEO within product tends to be most effective, to be honest. And that's how we had that set up at Zillow, where we had a technical SEO team. It was within product and growth. And we had a engineering team that for a while at least, was devoted to SEO and strong roots within all other product teams. And so when you're scaling real estate content and SEO, SEO is really rooted in, I think, product-focused SEO and technical SEO. Uh, 
not to diminish the importance of high quality content development and focus within the real estate space, but that's not necessarily going to scale across the country. That's not necessarily going to scale across 110 million homes in the US. And so having a product org focused on SEO is most likely going to be most impactful in the long term and seeing that SEO success. Agreed. Uh, you made me think of the book uh, Product Led SEO by Eli Schwartz. Have you heard about that? Yeah, that? definitely. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, it seems yeah, uh, right up right up that alley. And I love that thinking. I wonder how often SEO is disconnected from product and it's just not kind of tied in um, and, and it's effective. Like I see, I, I don't know if it's, it's okay to comment on this now. Uh, you made me think when you were talking about above board and things like that um, in like five, 10 years ago. And I think that they definitely changed from the strategy. Movoto did a lot of like really wild link bait and off topic and... Uh, not off topic, but it'd be like how uh, Nintendo, someone from Nintendo, like had a house or something, like some house famous house. I, I should have, but you probably know what I'm talking about. And they did a this was wild amount of traffic, but it was not like product connected. And it, eventually, that kind of, I think they're still doing well today. I don't know exactly how well. I probably could check while you while you answer me, but that it was not product led, and I feel like that came back around to them. So yeah, curious how you you've seen that play out or any thoughts on the Movoto strategy at all? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned Movoto. And uh, content like that, can, there, I think are tangential benefits for any kind of um, burst in traffic or viral traffic that you can generate. You know, it can come back around to help build the brand and, you know, those links necessarily aren't as relevant to real estate, but do they help build a domain? Maybe. Uh, I do think there is merit to having a focus on any kind of virality when it comes to content and, and brand building. Uh, that being said, do those people end up as home shoppers? Maybe, probably not. <laughs> um, and so that also leans into finding the right traffic and building the right traffic and someone looking for some Nintendo home, the homeowner um, is probably not looking to buy a home in Seattle or Bend, Oregon or Austin, or they're not searching for, you know, open houses near me or real estate or, you know, it's a different type of um, searcher. And is that traffic is valuable to the bottom line of the business? It really depends on, I think, goals and OKRs, if just traffic growth is important or uh, actual leads and conversions as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I did look up a photo. They're doing yeah. well, so I should not disparage <laughs> them. Uh, there's it's relative to the Trulas and Zillows, probably yeah. not quite as much in traffic value. There's Four million in traffic value, seven million projected, uh, according to, to Hrefs. So I, I mean, they've evolved yeah. from the strategy. So props to them as well. And I would, for sure. I mean, I generally agree with what what you you said, and there's definitely value there. Would love to get your thoughts and input on that too. I know you've worked with a lot of brands and opinions on this con type of content. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I definitely w with you in terms of like building product focused content that has a potential to spread and and build brand. That's all positive, good digital PR effectively. What I think they stretched on was like trying to connect. It was 
it was like buzz it was the bu- time when buzzfeed was big also so that was part of the connection i think it was more effective then where you could just post something of like 10 wild things you should learn about bend oregon or you would only know if you're in bend oregon that time is now past where facebook would allow you that, to share that wildly and so they were great viral marketers there's no doubt about that and smart marketing organization is clearly still a good product if they're doing this well i haven't deep dive but um they took they took advantage of the moment, so I think there's a lot of good marketers in Movoto for sure. Yeah, definitely. I know Movoto has evolved over the years, and uh, you know when I think about the real estate industry, not to disparage any any brand and advancements, but you kind of have the top path, the big players, the Zillow's, Trulia's, Realtors, Redfin, and then you kind of have that middle tier pack, which I think Movoto probably. Um, is included in that kind of mid-tier pack and up-and-coming um, real estate uh, marketplace. And then you have a lot of local brokerages. And then you have a lot of other related real estate brands that might be home buying and selling or um, you know, some sort of home mortgage alternative or anything like that. There's a lot of different various brands out there that um, kind of fall into this other gray bucket that I think are the ones really trying to clamor for that home shopping space. Yeah, hyper competitive, obviously, as you've seen. So, uh, and a lot of traffic value to go around, clearly. Like, I'm like, is Movoto like really doing well? But clearly, still doing yeah. 4 million in value. So, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for them. Yeah, for sure. That's any, I think most, not everybody can be Zillow and Trulia for sure. Like 4 million is incredible. So um, definitely you touched on some of your strategies that you deploy for clients. Are there any other go-tos there that we didn't talk about that kind of applies in the, in this space without giving too much secret sauce our way? Yeah, definitely. So without giving too much secret sauce away, (laughs) there are a few (laughs) different areas that we focus on. A lot of it's around um, crawlability, site crawlability, and content quality, um, and page management. And so when we think about crawlability, a lot of that leans into internal linking. Super, super important with real estate SEO and those kind of scaled sites. So our goal would be to make sure every page has multiple links and multiple touch points. Um, you can't just launch a page in XML sitemap and expect it to do well within a competitive marketplace like real estate. And so that being said, with crawlability, combining features like XML sitemaps, RSS feeds, can be really helpful for new or updated content um, that's not quite as buried in larger sitemaps, XML sitemaps. Um, with page management and expansion, uh, we do root a lot of that into keyword research and searcher behavior in terms of how are people searching. Uh, are they searching for single family homes, condos for sale, townhouses for sale? Uh, homes with mountain view or lakefront property. So there's a lot of different ways to slice and dice that page availability and that management on, you know, how do you approach pages when you have few or no listings, really. So that's really important for uh, real estate at scale as well. Um, For content, we do lean into that content quality. I think a lot of what we talked about at first in terms of that comparison on, 
you know, comparing like a Redfin home listing page to a client that we worked with where there's just, their page appears thin in content when compared to uh, another home detail page from one of those big players. And so really making sure we can expand that content depth and quality, um, as well as keyword targeting, localization. Uh, That's really important when you're talking about scale and um, I think any kind of marketplace searches as well, um, because you have that implicit and explicit searches for for folks just maybe looking for open houses, or they might say open houses bend, or um, they might say, you know, real estate near me, or real estate bend Oregon. And so there's a lot of different variables to um, keep track of when it comes to localizing content effectively. And I know we're talking about Bend a lot, but I promise it's a horrible place to live. <laughs> don't want anyone moving here. <laughs> yeah, don't move there, please. Yeah, don't move here. <laughs> it used um, to be awesome. Now, yeah, it's Bend. <laughs> yeah, Austin's amazing. <laughs> I hear Austin's fantastic. And don't move uh, here either. Just, people don't move. Just stay where you are, everybody. Yes. We're talking about real estate. You don't need Sounds a new like, house, I promise. No, no, no. Um, but with that content, we do like to do testing as well. So even basic things like testing title tag format and structure and structured data, there's a lot of impact that we see on rankings and traffic just by maybe tweaking a title tag a little bit. It's honestly, it gets a little annoying sometimes when we'll test title tags and be like, why is this making such a big difference? It still is. I know a lot of people argue that it doesn't make a big difference. Google can understand the, you know, semantic meaning and implied, um, you know, terms. But yes, Google can, but just test it and see see what makes a difference. That's my advice generally. We we do tend to see a difference when we focus on that localization aspect. You actually remind, I forget we've talked about this, but I actually did consult for Zillow a very yeah. long time ago. And one of the ideas I brought them, it's now 10 years old, literally everyone on search result does it, but like adding homes for f- sale on top of real estate added a lot of ranking potential. Now everyone, yeah. d- not that it's any science to anyone. Everyone does Clearly it. everyone's thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything that, looks that, the that same. One, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that means the same thing in your brain. But clearly Google still hasn't figured it out, right? Or you still should add it, or it seems like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different tweaks to be had and different search trends. Like for example, we work with Canadian real estate brand and people search a little differently up there than they they do in the US. And so instead of homes for sale, it might be MLS listings. Um, And so instead of single family homes, it might be detached homes. And so it's really understanding those nuances and those local searcher trends. But yeah, exactly. The homes for sale is impactful. Yeah. So you're kind of thinking about like in these massive, massive keyword volume spaces, I imagine there's kind of a lot of optimization around sort of Waiting towards maybe the bigger keywords is that sort of what you do in some ways you're sort of saying that like real estate might be bigger so you might maybe putting that earlier or maybe everything in mileage might vary but is that sort of some some of the thinking or if that makes sense yeah that does align with a lot of our thinking and it's more I think than just prioritizing keywords with high volume it's leaning into that searcher behavior because they're higher volume for a reason. That's 
how people think and that's how they're searching. And so, um, for example, with home listing pages, most searches that land on a singular home listing page are searching an address to get there. And so by default, we want to prioritize that address when it comes to our basic SEO meta tags and the content um, and all like related content rolling up into that specific location. An address is a very explicit location. And so we do want to optimize around that one point. Um, and that same concept applies to those city search pages as well. And so when we are thinking about what are the likely traffic drivers to a, a city search results page, it's likely people searching for real estate and homes for sale in their respective area. Um, and so just thinking about those patterns and testing different combinations and phrases um, can be really helpful. Um, for example, like adding inventory number in a title tag or meta description. Do we see a difference in click-through rate? Maybe, maybe not. Um, does it last? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. And what works for one brand might not work the same for another brand. And so that's something that we learned a lot at Zillow Group, actually, where we'd launch one project with one brand. And yes, that's performing well. Okay, let's try to roll it out on another brand. Okay, no, that's not working quite the same. And so it can be really an iterative process when it comes to, I think, that localized keyword optimization. Good thinking for sure. seems like I was curious how you're thinking about testing. I almost asked that question. You, you brought it. First. Yeah. So that's awesome. You, you talked about crawlability and the like there. I imagine you have some kind of go-to tools or tips, tactics that are sort of specific to real estate SEO. Maybe, maybe it's the same playbook, but uh, I'm sure people would love to hear what that playbook is for you if you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, totally. And so I, we talked a lot about localization and searcher behavior. So um, obviously making sure you have a good tool set to do keyword research at scale and in bulk, not just, you know, looking up five to 10 different keywords. You know, we're talking about looking up thousands of keywords to see what trends the most. And so um, a lot of the go-to tools might be like SEMrush or SEO Clarity or Bright Edge for that more in-depth keyword research and opportunity analysis. On the technical management side, for enterprise real estate, obviously sites tend to be uh, large scale sites. And so you do need tools that can crawl the breadth of a website. Um, we use Screaming Frog um, Spider for sections of websites. That can be a really great just kind of diagnostic, quick and dirty tool to investigate a specific area or problem. Um, otherwise, you might need more of a larger scale um, crawler, like a deep crawler. Botify, if brands can afford it, is amazing. And so um, really making sure you're able to monitor by page type, um, like with Botify, I'm a big fan of how you can segment different pages. And so you can actually create your own rules and segmentation to monitor different types of pages, um, depending on regex and, and URL patterns. And so um, you can see how city search pages are doing and home detail pages are doing and slice and dice from there. So um, I think depending on the resources available and the investment a brand is able to make, then there's a lot of different um, great SEO tool sets out there. How do you manage testing within the context of this wider scope, bigger scope? 
Yeah. So with testing, that can be done a couple different ways. Um, some brands that we do work with, um, we will partner with them to for their product and engineering teams to actually build an internal testing platform. Um, there is um, an article, I can't recall what it's titled off the top of my head, but I think this was published ages ago about Airbnb testing platform, an internal homegrown tool. And so that's something where we've worked with brands to emulate something similar. Um, and if you can't do that and you don't have the resources, a lot of it is really um, launching everything in the wild, maybe isolating by geography and pulling data from different sources. So for example, one brand um, that we work with, um, we did testing where we expanded the amount of home listing cards that were being shown on a city search page from 24 to 36 to 48 to see what you know might move the needle. And so from there, we can isolate a set of geographies as control, as test group one, test group two, and monitor traffic clicks, engagement, average position. So a lot of that's more manual effort when you um, don't have a testing plot, like sophisticated testing platform, which most brands don't. It does require a lot of investment and in, in engineering time um, for manual testing, it is important to be prepared before that launches. Like you want to have your keyword tracking bucket set up with all the right terms in place and you can set up, you know, customized analytic reports and things like that. So I do think testing is really a combination of just launching it into the wild and making sure you're monitoring the appropriate page groups. Um, if you do have a more sophisticated testing platform, you can, you know, isolate 50% of traffic or 10% of traffic and, you know, have analysts monitor that Delta and, um, you know, get really analytical on that, which is a little above my analytics skill sets, but, um, those would be the most common routes that I typically would recommend. Nice. Makes sense. You gave me a great yeah. idea, Kristen. <laughs> Using your broad scope of skills and enterprise SEO clients, what if you ran a test where you actually, could we reduce the visibility of Bend, Oregon so they get less visibility? Yes. <laughs> if anyone wants to partner with me on a test like that, I'm all for it. I would love yeah, to. Let's, run that. <laughs> let's just suppress Bend in the news and great places yeah. to live. There's a lot of talk recently about counter argument content or something. You get a spot on yeah. real estate. We we can figure yeah. out a counter. We'll just get visibility of that stuff. Like, why well, you shouldn't move Perfect. to Bend, Oregon or Austin, <laughs> Texas. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> merit for producing content like that. Oftentimes yeah. you see Google throw one of those articles and, you know, the top page of results is just a good counter argument. It's just more data and opinions for people to mull over. Yeah, I actually... We're really hammering the Ben topic here, but <laughs> I watched a good amount of real estate video content. And w uh, like, I did say this out loud for people on the call, but I was thinking about Ben a little bit of, of a great place to live. And do you do you see those videos commonly? It works. People click that while well, you shouldn't move. And then of course it's reasons you should move by a real estate agent. Yeah. But uh, it's like the most like, it's kind of like the when you ask someone a weakness on their interview questions and they give you all the positives, like I work too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm too I'm too dedicated. I'm too committed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was all that's all the Ben stuff. <laughs> so this is a super competitive space, as you're uh, very aware, I'm sure. And this 
despite the fact that it's still MLS listings at the core, like how are you seeing without giving out the roadmap or like how you're thinking about it? Like how do these clients keep rankings, improve their rankings? Like what are, what are some things you've seen or even speaking to what are things that have happened recently you're seeing? I think any of that kind of trend stuff would be interesting for people to hear. Yeah, that's uh a great thing for brands to think about the future and kind of future guarding rankings and um, visibility. It's obviously real estate is just becoming more, more competitive. Um, I think every year there are new brands that are competing and vying for page one results when it comes to um, geo searches and address searches. And so uh, really making sure, I think I mentioned doing SEO and user experience 110%. Um, really important, making sure you're investing in that brand building and growth. And let's say you are a more local focused brand and specific geographies, double down on those geographies and really make sure that you invest in content and coverage in those areas. And there are also on that note, more data providers to provide different sources and points of data. And so data is more accessible these days when it comes to tax information, property history, neighborhood information, amenities. Um, So investing in bringing in different data sources as well. And so I really do think the trends are leaning in that direction on um, accumulating more content and more related content from different data sources. And um, it's just more table stakes these days. So investing in that brand and um, really doing 110% on that product experience, SEO experience will go a long way to future guarding rankings. Makes sense. And I agree with that. And to plug you, I think something I've noticed that many great SEO consultants or great SEO programs do is they will often have an SEO team in house and then they'll bring a second pair of eyes to kind of augment that idea like the powerhouses do that consistently. They're not saying like, we just have to have that internally. I'm probably not every single one of your clients has internal headcount, but I would guess a decent amount do that bring you in. And um, I think that's smart to continue to evolve and and all of that for sure. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the big brands do bring in consultants um, to help complement and, and work with internal teams. And, you know, our role as a consultant is really just to be a good partner and steward of growing that traffic and growing that brand and partner with internal teams. Uh, you know, probably 50-50 in terms of clients that have internal SEO teams that we work with and others that don't have exact internal SEO teams. And so uh, it never hurts to get a second or third set of eyes on on a sticky problem or a competitive marketplace when it comes to growing SEO. Well, hopefully all those people are also listening to this. We probably heard from everybody. I imagine every real estate person is going to listen to this. We'll see. But <laughs> uh, this is great stuff, Kristen, for sure. Check out uh, Kristen's consulting shop, Conifer, C-O-N-I-F-E-R.com. Find her on Twitter, Kristen Bauer. Uh, this was great, Kristen. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, Ross. It was great to talk to you and catch up and um, enjoy uh, the rest of your day in Austin there. And and not Ben. Don't move to Ben, everyone. Yeah, that's the takeaway. (laughs) No Ben. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Content Conversation. Please leave us a review and like and subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. Thanks.